Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my best friend and my sister podcast. This episode, we have an episode breakdown for season one, episode two, the one with the sonogram at the end. So stick around. Hey guys. Hello. Hey Tina. Okay, so this episode we're talking about episode number two, the one with the sonogram at the end. It's a big episode. So just a quick rundown. We have our opening scene with the sex talk, uh, comparing it to a concert. Next, we have Ross at work where Carol drops the beans that she's actually pregnant. Then we have the next scene with Three's company, Monica's Paranoid Cleaning, and I'm assuming it's the first time they ever mention Ugly Naked Guy, but we'll get into that. Monica and Ross at dinner with her critical parents, the coffee house where they're all talking, and then like just about Phoebe drops about that she's a twin and sibling stuff, and Ross and Rachel have their first moment or second moment because technically the other one the first one then rachel sees barry ross goes to the sonogram and it ends with them all looking at the sonogram at the end all right so there's your rundown and let's just get into it opening scene with the comparing sex to a concert i thought it was a interesting way to get that conversation going on a televised you know nbc production so i guess that was just (laughs) something creative yeah for a network show it was a little risque i think and then at the end i i also kind of felt like joey like they're still talking about sex Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it, it kind of the metaphors blended a little and so that made it a little weird and as far as sex metaphors from friends go, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite or even remembered one. It's just probably the one they did first. Maybe throughout the entire first season or as they're still trying to get their feet, it's a lot more of just these random scenes of like random conversations that don't necessarily tie into the episode or whatever's going on in their lives at that time. And so... I mean, we all know that, you know, season one's not one of my favorites, but (laughs) you and Darlene, though, (laughs) we don't remember that particular scene or comparison. Although I will say watching it, I haven't watched these early episodes again for a while. Confession, I usually probably start my rewatch end of season two or season three. (laughs) I don't know if that's a shame I, but then I was watching this episode and I was like oh I was like I was laughing because I was like I forgot some of these jokes and also I could kind of feel like the characters were having their traits again mm-hmm. too but yeah this cold open was kind of not related to anything and it was just I think an opportunity for all the characters to be together in their ensemble and have a discussion that you probably would have like with your friends like that. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, I mean, you wouldn't have it so um, cryptic. I mean, yeah, you could say a lot more. <laughs> if it doesn't have to air on the network. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, I mean, it was an interesting metaphor that I think that no one really thinks about, to be honest, or talks about concert. You want to go back to the comedian and like the kissing is a comedian and the concert is the sex i don't know it's just i also didn't understand that reference of a comedian opening for a concert i I think i've never attended something that that i i think that's just our age like (laughs) i have no idea like i've never heard of that either like or seen it so the next one is at ross um the next scene is where ross is at work and the caveman thing what do you guys call that? A display? Oh no! Wow! The caveman thing. Exhibit. Exhibit. I mean, yes. A museum of exhibit, probably. <laughs> hey, some things are just lost on me. Science is one of them. All right. That's not. That's not science. <laughs> museum layouts is one of them. And so she tells him. Carol comes and tells Ross, like, I'm pregnant after he had just had that bickering thing with his coworker, and then he looks like a caveman. And I don't uh-huh. know. I, I yeah, that was just like such slapstick comedy that I just was like, meh. Yeah. Like that was, it was a- too awkward. It didn't flow well. Like you yeah. could really noticeably tell he was like going for that but, uh, position with uh, his hand. Yeah. We're all doing the hand thing right now. (laughs) And I was just like, it's so obvious. Like, I don't know the way they cut it or just the way he jerked his body into that. Like, it wasn't a, like, flow and it, like, really stood out. So, yeah, that was like a physical comedy bit, which I don't think, I don't think the show is really known for that or Uh -uh. I Whatever they do, they do it much better later. But yeah. again, this is going back to these are the early episodes. They're kind of figuring out. I don't think we, we see Ross do a lot of physical comedy. Probably the next time I remember and the one that is actually good is when he's in the laundromat with Rachel. and Oh, getting, yeah. You know, tossed around and hits his head. You know, that's a much better example of Uber Voss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next scene is well i called it the three company scene but that's not really what it is but i just thought that line was so hilarious and i died laughing and i actually have probably so i i watched this episode a while ago so this is actually helping me remember the episode too but i'm pretty sure since i've seen the episode i've referenced that like five times to <laughs> like to anyone who will listen <laughs> my parents particularly i probably brought it up multiple times yeah. which part the part where they're saying like oh in this episode they have a miscommunication or whatever that part oh i've already the- seen that episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've already seen this one yeah <laughs> i feel like that applies to basically almost every single show uh, yeah seriously i think it's just a good joke and it's just like that phoebe humor that i love so much and i think that's like really charged up in the beginning seasons that you guys are as fans of i guess but i think that she always has like these just like quirky one-liners that just make you laugh really hard so also in the scene is the whole rachel losing her engagement ring and then they end up finding it in the lasagna and it's just like (laughs) 
Mon, so, one of my real quick note on that. What? I thought it was interesting that the ring was actually in the lasagna because I feel like the type of humor, I don't know if it, I don't actually know where it's from. If it's from later friends episodes or if it's from the genre in general, but I feel like it would have been even more funny that they destroyed all the lasagnas and they still couldn't find the ring, like because it was just on her dresser or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that. And yeah. so the fact that it was in the lasagna struck me for some reason. That was like, oh, I wasn't expecting it to actually be there. That's true. I think that's kind of like the way it leads to is like, oh. You're like, it's not in the lasagna. It can't be in the lasagna. Also, like, can we get into the semantics of how hard it is to actually physically take off a ring if it's, like, fitted? Like, that's really yeah, hard Yeah, I don't, I don't do. know how that would happen. Um. And also, why are her hands that deep in the lasagna and whatever she's doing? Because <laughs> also, if she's You're layering, layering the noodles, yeah. how does she not notice at all how do you just not see it like dude even okay let's pretend she doesn't notice it came off then how do you just not see it sitting there in this pan because it's not like you can spread a whole layer all at once where you wouldn't find it at all you're doing it apart you know a little bit at a time so like it's like this whole layer of noodles just came and covered it in one fell swoop like i don't think so (laughs) Also, there's a lot of things that are not believable about it. That, I think also the yeah. number one thing that we're missing too is why the hell is she still wearing the engagement ring? Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Let's go back. That's the one, number one. Most <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you like, that's like oh. one of the first things they take off. I put aside. I'm like, well, I don't know. For Rachel, I think part of what she's going through is her whole image, how she has to look a certain way and act Mm -hmm. a certain way like part of why she was marrying barry was to keep up her image and be like okay now i'm getting the husband i'm engaged to a dentist blah blah orthodontist whatever Mm -hmm. you know so for her to have to tell people like if she saw someone in the streets that she knew and the ring's not on her finger and they had no idea what happened she has explaining to do so you know maybe it's her way of kind of avoiding what really happened too and also just keeping this image of like old rachel and she wasn't yet ready to like give that up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's really deep, but I think it was more just because it's the bit and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, I'm sure they didn't have that much thought that I just put into it. They probably were like, lasagna, ring. <laughs> ah, this would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we can make jokes about it later when uh, Monica says that she made spaghetti. <laughs> and her mom's yeah. like, well, that's yeah. easy. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we also have our first run-in with ugly naked guy i'm right about that right that is their first mention yes. of him yes so they say yeah as far as i, I noted that too when it was like hey ew, 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 ugly i was like oh i think this is the first definitely the first one yeah so it starts early i think i thought it started more at the end of season one but it's like I think they don't elaborate a lot because that wasn't really anything. It was just Chandler seeing him, and Chandler's really the only one that comments on it. Yeah, that's true. It's just because it, he becomes more of a vital character when Ross tries to get his apartment, or that episode where they yeah. think he's dead. Like you know, he's always or the one where they do. Is it is it a Thanksgiving flashback episode where they comment on the hot naked guy? 
Oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they say, oh, man, the cute naked guy across the street's really putting on some weight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I, they they gave this character a lot of thought in life. Through, <laughs> just um, we only but, see him once. <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. doesn't have any lines, I don't think. No, no. he doesn't. <laughs> then it goes into Ross coming in to him telling everyone that Carol is pregnant. And they're just like, what, what, what? Like, everyone's just in disbelief. And I think that goes back to, like, how? I thought you guys didn't even have sex type of thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's just totally weird. Like, how is this even possible? And then our next scene is Monica and Ross's judgment dinner. And it's where they're very, very critical parents. Well, just one very. I don't know. Um, Judy's more direct with her judgment. Yeah. Jack kinda. doesn't. I don't know if his is. He definitely has opinions, but he like goes about them in a weird way. Like, yeah, flash forwarding to my favorite episode, the one where Ross gets high. Like, he clearly didn't like Chandler for the same exact reasons Judy didn't. But mm-hmm. he, like, went about it in a weird way and, like, try to pretend, like, I don't know, like, he's a cool parent where he still, like, agrees with Judy at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's good insight. He definitely does play that role, like, where Judy has to be the strict one. Because even though he, like, everything he said is very <clears throat> passive. And especially, like, with the... Um, the whole comparing her to a cow thing and <laughs> Russell's like a cow. <laughs> she was like, he said, she knows how much I love cows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly. it's just like, I'm glad our little harmonica is not trying to be super successful because like people die of cancer and like you won't be one of those people because you like being average. And it's just like such this roundabout way to say like you're not really doing much and all you did was cook spaghetti exactly (laughs) and judy's over Mm -hmm. here being like super critical yeah and turning on the dust buster to see if it works and making sly comments probably i think an exaggeration at least from my point of view because i feel like it, it takes it to the point where it's like cringy where it's almost hard to like watch and like believe that like that judy is like just as bad as like monica says she is because usually when people are like oh my mom's the worst blah blah like you don't you're like okay sure it's not that bad but like in this case it's like really that bad (laughs) yeah it is and you're just like wow there's a line where rachel says that one time when she was dating ross his mom said she's the daughter that she never had and right in the room and it's like what that is true yeah i I, want to say that's one of my favorite things about the that her character though is like she just nails all that like passive aggressive like i would say like aggressive i don't even yeah i think it's not passive passive. definitely it's passive in that she sometimes will literally not say it to her face yeah like the vacuum thing monica wasn't looking at her she just is like doing her own thing oh this does work you know like not actually saying it to her i think that's kind of like the passive part Mm -hmm. but she does mostly say it she's not afraid to do either but a lot of some of the best ones are like more like she just creates it out of nowhere even if monica's not paying attention (laughs) and i i think that has to go into like you know jack kind of always is 
sort of the same towards Monica and Ross. I mean, there's obviously that d- difference. And then Judy's not critical of Ross because he, I guess, because it's like a sexist thing. and He's a boy and like it's a firstborn and he can do no wrong. And so to them, it's just like that's why in her head she has like different parents because at the end she's like well if I could have um different parents I'd have yours and she says it to Ross <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. and it's just like I think it's just that relationship that mother-daughter relationship versus mother-son relationship especially <clears throat> during that time era is probably a lot different and I mean you know I think I mean- as time progresses you get a little less of that. I don't know. <laughs> but guys, Ross was a miracle child. He's a medical marvel. <laughs> but that's also another thing that doesn't line up. Um, because they said one episode, Judy's saying that um, the reason that they, Ross was born is because Jack's dog chewed on her diaphragm diaphragm i don't even know what it's called <laughs> and then the other episode is ross is a medical marble mm. so yeah that's true that's like a inconsistency and then also if ross was a medical marvel wouldn't technically monica be too like exactly it was just as unlikely to have one child what were the chances of her having two yeah, I would say Monica would be like the super miraculous, like heaven shone down on them child, you know? Yeah. After that very critical dinner, we go to the scene at the coffee house where this is where they have this sibling talk, which is very interesting. So this is where we find out Phoebe's a twin and they do the whole like, oh, because she's on the other show. Um forgot what it was called um mad about you right yeah 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 and then um you know they kind of explain like Chandler's an only child Joey has like seven (laughs) sisters do they say that though they don't no that's something you don't find out till later Mm -hmm. that's true when Chandler kisses one of them right that's when you find out the number uh Possibly. I feel like it's mentioned, like, he'll say I grew up with all sisters. I don't know if we ever get the number. I don't know exactly when we get the number. I know someone who's listening to this is yelling at us right now what episode it is, but we don't know which one. So thank you for person. I can't hear you, but thank you for telling me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there eventually. Um. Yeah, so we, that's when they kind of create this dynamic of, you know, I think that's how they, you know, because the pilot got picked up. They're like, okay, we had to explain Phoebe. So, like, let's have this dialogue conversation about how many people's siblings they have or whatever. And then that's when Phoebe says that she's a waitress and that she has a twin and they don't talk at all and they don't like each other and yada, yada, yada. Then it goes from there to them all leaving because Rachel's closing. And that's when Rachel and Ross have a moment. And so they're like in the dark because they turn off the lights. And Rachel didn't know that anyone else was in there. She forgot that Ross went to the restroom. Clean for her. Yes. Which is a nice power move. Like... 
But she's very good at that. Yeah, she is. She's very good at that. With Ross. With, yeah. Chandler and Joey to do some stuff, too. Mm, I guess that's true. I mean, definitely Ross. She has way more power over Ross. But I think the friend group in general, she's pretty good at, like, tricking them into doing stuff. Except Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone can manipulate Phoebe, like, at all. She's just on her own in her own world. So they have that moment. They're just like, oh, I don't want to go see Barry tomorrow. And then Ross is like, you can go and see Carol's sonogram. And she's like, oh, that's right. You have Carol tomorrow. Like, that also just shows that, like, wow. Like, I don't know. I feel like as a good friend, you would know that. But also at the same time, I think she's just wrapped up in all of her crazy drama. Like, she just forgot it. Which happens to everyone. She's a human. And to going back to Dar's point earlier, Rachel is still pre-Barry Rachel. Like, she's still supposed to be caught up in her own life. And Yeah, in, she's still, yeah, I use daddy, daddy's fun. credit yeah. card and whatever, Rachel. Like, I think she's, because I think we kind of see that in later episodes and they sometimes explicitly say, like, this is how you be, like, a good friend kind of thing you know um Mm -hmm. i think it's showing her learning learning that too she's um amy you know when amy comes later like they even talk about how like i think someone directly says to her you used to be amy or she says i used to be just like amy and Mm -hmm. now yeah how far Mm -hmm. i've come yeah that's true that is that's a good example from there the next scenes is rachel going to see barry and then ross going to the sonogram so it just switches back and forth you know barry's doing fine that's when rachel finds out that he's been dating mindy and then ross is just in this conversation with susan carroll about how much role he wants and like the whole name and so um you know ross ends up like wanting to leave and he doesn't, and he's once, you know, miraculously, you know, the sonogram starts in 2.5 seconds as he's walking out the door, <laughs> and he hears the baby heartbeat. Uh, none of us had that, that experience, but I'm going to say that it does not take that. It's not that I quick. I have been in a room where they are looking for a heartbeat, and it does not happen that quickly. <laughs> yeah, Especially in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like, uh, uh, five minutes later, okay, we of the steps I know of, I don't even know that she would have made it to actually putting the like sonogram thing on her stomach in like the time that Ross took three steps. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah, they have a bunch of other stuff they need to check too. They ask her questions, like they yeah. don't just like jump right into it. It's like I don't speak to you. I just come put this thing on your stomach and find a heartbeat. All in the time. So she's walking across the room and Ross is walking across the room and somehow she gets there first mm-hmm. and does the sonogram and find a heartbeat all before Ross gets to the door somehow. Although if there are any medical <laughs> professionals out there <laughs> slash people who have given birth or have been in the room for this that can correct us, please, I don't know, yeah. comment. I'm, I mean, I'm just basing this off of on. like the ability as a human to move that fast. Um, (laughs) That's mostly what I'm basing it off of. I'm basing it off of my entire knowledge of Grey's Anatomy. So. (laughs) Which is pure fact. Obviously. (laughs) Not facts only. (laughs) Because they do not exaggerate anything in that show either. Ever. 
you know, someone just a character just dies every other week but no you know it's totally real life and this hospital has had more major catastrophes than any hospital known to man but yes <laughs> pure realistic yeah. <laughs> to go back into it it doesn't take 2.5 seconds to do a sonogram in 1994 <laughs> It you know it would take a lot longer, and so the time that the doctor Doctor Oberman was walking in, and he's walking out like it just doesn't line up. But again, TV theatrics, and you know he decides right then and there, like okay, I guess I'm going to be a part of this. Like nothing else matters but this child and its heartbeat. And <laughs> um, then the next scene goes into all of them watching the sonogram on Monica's TV and Monica starts crying and then in the background Rachel's making a call to Mindy and she was just like I hope he if you ever have kids and she's like oh and Min if you ever have kids I hope he gets um your old hairline and your old nose and I just thought that was so funny because <laughs> she was being so nice and she's just like haha no <laughs> just kidding I hate you yeah because, like, that is not okay in any scenario. Like, it's just not okay. I think I, I appreciate the fact that she actually said it to her, whereas, like, now you would just say it on, like, a post on social media and not actually, like, include the person. Oh, no, I <laughs> I don't mean that. I meant what Mindy did. Oh. <laughs> I mean what Rachel did. I was oh, like, no, what Rachel did was, like. I was, like, honestly, I don't think it's that bad. Super low-key. Like, I would have, like, scratch her car. <laughs> I mean, well, at this point, Rachel doesn't actually know that they were together before. That's true. She that just still true. thinks, while it's bad, it's not as bad as the actual truth, which she will find out later. <laughs> well, that's just awful. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even know. I can't. This is why you have friends that you don't like the same guys. Yes, kind of guys. Yes, that that's very true. <laughs> Look, I've always been lucky with that one. So, yep. So that's how everything ends in this episode. I just have something to say about the like episode in general. I think parting from the pilot episode, which is just basically, I guess, a general introduction to the main characters and the show, like what they wanted the show to be in general. This episode definitely like hits the ground running and we're going to do a lot of I don't know if character development is the right word, but like character creation or depth mm -hmm. and introducing a bunch of characters. I mean, we introduced Carol, Susan, ugly naked guy, Monica and Ross's parents, mm -hmm. uh, Barry, Barry. Mm -hmm. um, like that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And like, Ursula, other characters. Do we meet oh, yeah. Ursula? Or we we, we just about? she we just, just mentioned. Her. I mean, we know that she's Ursula, but at the time she says Phoebe has a twin. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like there's like all these characters that are introduced in one episode, which is almost surprising, especially considering how early on it is. I mean, this is the second episode, and then there's a lot of this character and like how Rachel is as a person, like losing her engagement ring, and then her interaction with Barry, and learning about the history with Mindy. And then also Monica's relationship with her parents and then Ross's relationship with his parents, well, their parents, as mm -hmm. well as his history with his ex-wife. Like, we're learning, like, I don't know, it's just, like, it expands really rapidly, really quickly. And I think this episode really struck me in how quickly, like, we know all these things because we watched all of it. 
but mm-hmm. like having learned all that just in one episode. Yeah, that's totally true. Is a lot. I felt like not that I'm complaining about it. I was just no. a little surprised at how much they were able to fit into this 25 minute episode. Yeah, and then um going back so in I listened to the commentary for the episode one for the pilot Ooh. episode. And so they, the creators were just saying, like, they wanted it to be this crazy, like, so many character lines. And you know how we were discussing in the last episode? We're just like, oh, well, I think Ross was, like, kind of a big deal. And, like, yeah. So it was true. Ross and Phoebe were super already, like, they called Ross for the role. Like, they wanted him. And Phoebe, they really wanted her. So Leisha Kudrow, David Schwimmer, and then Courtney Cox. She was supposed to play Rachel. And she said, oh, no, I want to do this show, but I want to play Monica. And so, like, this mm-hmm. whole thing just expanded. And they're just like, we just wanted it to be, like, so many storylines. We wanted it to be like different interests and all these different characters and I was like wow like that was their vision from the beginning and I think you know they probably set up the pilot that way and I mean they didn't admit it but they set it up in a way where well what if they don't get that opportunity or like we're going to present it in a way that seems more typecasted and it's easier to understand for people and then once we get it we're going to do what we want with it and show them how successful it could be. Also, I learned that Monica and Joey were supposed to be the people that oh, were supposed to be, be in love. Yeah. What? And I had hint- never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. They actually hint at that in the, I forget if, it must be a flashback to when Joey oh, first, when Joey first moves Chandler in. and Joey yeah. like tries Well, to, Monica like, does kind of Monica. initiate things and like invite him in for like some lemonade lemonade. but like she also i think comments to chandler that he's cute before so yeah Yeah. but joey uh takes it way too far way too fast and so that gets shut down he's joey about it i think that might have been their way of laughing at it like this is what could have been like this was our original idea but we scratched that but also i think knowing what you know now that kind of scene kind of shows why it wasn't gonna work yeah like they just saw the naturalness of ross and rachel unfolding but i don't know when they made that decision because i was like and watching this episode again before we were starting to record i was just like I, I kind of wanted to pick up and see, like, oh, is there some Monica and Joey type things? Like- I think they must have decided before because otherwise, why do they have that whole, like, emphasis on Ross liking Rachel? Yeah. In the past. True. I think they, because I think that's, maybe that's maybe why they also chose to go that direction because there was kind of a more of a background story mm-hmm, that was yeah. feasible. Monica and Rachel having been friends and Ross being the older brother. Because, like, a Monica and Joey one, you kind of would have had to establish that through just we've always lived across the hall from each other. You know, I don't know. It seems – I think the Ross and Rachel is, like, a more of a traditional, like, trope kind of thing. And I think it also goes into that they still were able to do that same storyline once it got further along with Monica and Chandler. Yeah. You know? Instead of Monica and Joey. 
And so they just like kind of were like, well, we still like this idea of like Monica and Joey, but like, let's do Monica and Chandler and let's kind of like just push it more. So it kind of develops like this own history on itself. And I think that they, once again, they kind of either call back to their own original plans in the, um, Oh, I forget the title of it, but the one where they decide Joey's going to um, uh, do their wedding. What's it called? Oh, uh, officiant. Officiate their wedding. Mm-hmm. And then he like asks about the history and then they like have that like Monica actually came looking for Joey that night. Mm-hmm. And like what would have happened if him and they like actually got together and then Monica just makes him like a feast every night. Yeah. And he's all chubby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually didn't know that. Um, but thinking about the hints, I guess. But I don't know. There's also a hint of Ross and Phoebe, which never is addressed again. Oh yeah, that that's funny that's too. True. Now we're gonna go into the segment of favorite quote. All right, Dar, you're up first. Tell us your favorite quote. So I don't really have one favorite quote. I think one of the things I noticed overall about (laughs) this episode is that, um, I know this is going to be my thing, right? Um, (laughs) Is that I I loved how everyone kind of established their little quirks kind of. Mostly Mm -hmm. what I noticed was Monica's incessant cleaning, which I think is, that's established very well in this show. And I think we also see where it comes from, from Mm-hmm. Being paranoid, her mom's gonna criticize her. But Chandler, all his one-liners were like kind of the quotes that I would think I was just noticing how much he always had to have like a one-liner to say. And um, my favorite one was probably like when Phoebe says "doy," he's like, "You don't get a lot of doy these days." And you know, <laughs> <laughs> that would be my favorite. So I think, I, and I was just noticing the other ones and like how his comments always come off the back end of what, what other people are saying, and that how much that just carries into his character overall. And one of the reasons yeah. I really like him as a character um, is just because a lot of my favorite quotes are Chandler quotes and <laughs> quotes that I relate to also. So I think that was when this episode I just kind of was noticing a lot like, oh, yeah, here it's already here in episode two. Like he does yeah. this. Um, and he's really good at it. like Matthew Perry's just like really good at it too. So that was like overall my favorite. But yeah, the you don't get a lot of doy. It's just kind of like a weird sense and like kind of fun to say also. And it's also like he puts the emphasis on his whole thing of like, can I be anymore? Like he was exaggerating his words even like in this episode in like the last episode, the pilot when he wasn't really doing that. And so I just think it, it was kind of cool. That's an excellent point about all their quirks kind of coming out. Kristen, your favorite quote. So mine is it's kind of it's a standalone quote. So you have to get a little bit background. So it's during the dinner with um, Monica's parents and Ross shows up at some point and Monica comes up to him is like you know could you get a little heat off of me like maybe you could tell them about the divorce finally so that mom gets off my back and doesn't and like Monica yells it out or something like that I think that's sorry I watched this episode a while ago somehow Judy finds out and the first thing she says is she turns to Monica and says and you knew about this yeah (laughs) yeah 
And I think I picked it because it was just the one that I like cracked up at. Like I laughed so hard. And I don't know, like, I guess maybe I can relate a little like we talked about and just the critical parenting, but it really like drives home this fact that they favor Ross. And despite the Mm -hmm. fact that Ross was the one that did something that should have been criticized, Monica was still the one that got criticized somehow. Yeah, it was kind of the accumulation of all those other comments. Like, okay, finally, she can't possibly have something to say about this one, right? This is all Ross. And no, somehow it was still Monica. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I think that it just really brings it into you. Just like, seriously? (laughs) Like, what was she supposed (laughs) to do? Call you and tell you and break her brother's chest? Like... Come on, and then and then you know what would have happened? The mom would have said, Judy would have said, and why are you telling me instead of Ross? Yeah, why did you do yeah. that? To your brother, like it, yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. You could have won. It just kind of shows like she can't win no matter yeah. what. Yeah, it's a perfect display of that. So my favorite quote is do- about Doctor Overman. Ross is talking about Susan and to talking to Susan and Carol, and they're just like. Oh, so Dr. Oberman knows about like our situation. And he, so he goes, Dr. Oberman is he? And then they both look at him and they're like, she. And then he's like, <laughs> she, of course. And I just, I love that because I think, you know, even in the time era, that was like that one, especially that one joke is like, uh, dad and son got in a car accident and they go to the hospital and then the surgeon's like I can't operate on that on this child it's my son then they're like who is the surgeon and then, like it stumped a lot of people in like like the 80s I guess when that was around and it's just like it's his mom like that's sad like come on so I think it just for that time and I just think it's so funny I think that whole scene is just so funny because Ross talks about like well I had a part of it and then Susan's like yeah and it was so hard to do you know and like just like I just think it's funny to me in general and that's like just them being like independent woman and like that time era just being like like men but yes we, we're letting you know we, we like you kind of well carol likes ross susan doesn't <laughs> or does susan like ross? no she doesn't not right now she don't that's yeah. for sure i think later on she really does like him and he just like will always not like her and it's just like seriously <laughs> like get over um, it. i don't know i, I think th- when they get married and Ross is really there for Carol. I think that kind of turns the tide for both of them. They're never going to like be each other's favorite people, but I think they kind of reach an understanding like we're not we going to be total jerks to each other. <laughs> we also see a lot less of Carol and Susan. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. Well, I just think about like the time that Susan and Emily hang out in London and like Ross is losing oh, his yeah. shit. <laughs> so Ross is just an incredibly insecure human being. Yeah, that's, he is. that's more of what it is. I was like, I kind of see this. Th- I mean, that kind of repeats with other things like with Rachel and, mm-hmm. you know, other girlfriends. So yeah that's true yeah. he is really insecure Ooh, I, I think this is why I want I think that's like one of the reasons he's not a lot of people's favorite character <laughs> that's true well and he also he just also comes off I don't know 
I don't know if toxic masculinity is the right term for what he is, but like the other thing that's coming to mind is Manny. Oh yeah. The male Manny episode. Oh um, yeah. Like you can't have a male nanny take care of his daughter because it makes him too insecure. And they even mm-hmm. like do that whole joke, which is like really funny that like being a male nanny is like a female wanting to be a. And and- they're like, finish that <laughs> sentence. Yeah. <laughs> into that. A, a penis bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I don't know. That's just like, it's constantly repeated all the way up into the end of the show that like Ross has some serious issues in his own masculinity or security as a human in general that just like causes tons of issues and yeah and i think it might it might be i mean again i think this is getting more deeper than anyone thought it like it could be the fact that you know technically his wife was cheating on him for he doesn't know how long with someone who he wasn't even thinking of Yeah, regardless if she was hanging out with a guy a lot he would have been like what the heck is going on and he would have questioned her Mm -hmm. but because it was a woman he was oblivious for so long it it also like questioned his intelligence, you know, which is like uh-huh. a big part of who he is. Yeah, because don't we all? I mean, I hate that. I hate when I feel dumb. So like, he has to, he has to kind of feel dumb about it. I mean, who could have known that? He couldn't yeah. have known that. But yeah. So I think. I mean, again, this is probably deeper, but yeah, I think that there has to be something that you're insecure about, like. Because this was, we later learned this is his only girlfriend, like the only woman he's ever been with. And that's a large trust that was betrayed, mm-hmm. you know. And and given that what we know also, like, they're not that old. They're pretty young mm-hmm. when they get married. Yeah. So I think this is a great segue into our fanfic. Oh, yes, it is. So our fan fiction topic of the day is how did Ross and Carol... Um, get pregnant. What did that scenario look like? How? Who called the shots? Obviously, Ross did. But how did he convince Carol? Was she pitting him? Fanfic question of the day. So right before, I know Dar has a theory about this. So I'm just going to throw in really the only thing that I have is that Ross eventually guilted Carol into having sex because like it had been so long. Or maybe some kind of guilt that she had for cheating on him. But Ooh. Darla, let's hear your theory. My theory is that it was like breakup sex. Um, oh. So I think we know that Carol really cares about Ross. She yeah. says as much that she loves him still. So I think when she finally came clean, Ross, instead of being able to verbalize things, which we've seen Ross in big moments not be able to say anything. Yeah. This episode, when yeah. he finds out about like Rachel and Joey, when he finds out that Rachel's pregnant, he just yeah. goes yeah. mute. I'm fine. So I, what I think my theory would be that she finally laid it all out there. He didn't say anything, and instead of saying anything, he just like kisses her, makes a move, and because she's feeling, him yeah, or maybe she him. does it to like tell him like i'm sorry kind of way and then it just escalates from there like they're having all these emotions because it's ending and like they still obviously really care about each other carol obviously still Mm -hmm. yeah loves him in a you know like more platonic way but 
I think because we also don't know the timeline, like how long ago did they break up and like how far ahead is this episode? I would imagine it's really towards the very end of their relationship because I would imagine that happened. They probably take a few days to be like, how are you going to tell people? Mm -hmm. Are you moving out? Am I moving out? You know, all those kind of like logistics of like separating and divorcing. So I, I, my theory would be that probably happened because like we know that they weren't like being intimate before that but i think probably like something like a breakup could spark all those like kind of emotions and and feelings and be like you know when you can't really find the words which yeah, we know Ross I like that. apparently I like never that. find the words so yeah <laughs> i i do i dig that mine just involved a lot of alcohol so <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah. maybe alcohol is also involved. <laughs> yeah, maybe Carol came home and Ross had already had some, you know, some drinks, and that's when she she was like, "Oh, he's a little liquored up. Maybe I'll just tell him now." <laughs> some margaritas and fajitas. No. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. This is fine. Those are some good. Yeah, I think Tars is the best. Like anything that I could have thought of, like. I, I honestly don't know. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Well, it's hard to also guess because we, like I said, we don't really know the timeline, but I would have to imagine, given the sort of timeline we have from the shows towards the very end, like they were about to break up or yeah. they were broken up. Like when mm-hmm. it happened, is what I would think. Also, um, this kind of goes into a different segue, but it's still fanfic in a way. It's more like fan theory. They keep insinuating that Carol and everyone in the group was friends, but it never really seems that way. Like, there's, like, Ross says, like, oh, well, she got the apartment and all the stuff. Like, what did you get? And he was like, I got you guys. And he's like, oh, wow, you got ripped off, you know? And then, like... Phoebe always says like, oh, Carol, I love her. She's the best. I miss her. And like stuff like that. But as the seasons go on, it's very like they don't really talk to her. Like not that, but like they don't they aren't familiar with her like that episode with the kid audition and. But Carol's like, you know, tells Joey, like, I don't really know you that well, well, well enough yeah. for you to do that, <laughs> you know? I think, so I think that there's two things. One, I think that that she just hung out with him as a byproduct of being Ross's girlfriend and or wife that, like, it was by, I don't know, like, she just hung out with them and then them all being Ross's friends, she was choosing to distance herself from them or they were obviously going to take his side in the whole thing. And so they like grew distant and all, but like the comments that were made, like they never necessarily, at least to my recollection, made any comments that they were close to Carol. So like, Mm. I've definitely made comments about like friends, significant others, how much I love that significant other, like how I miss them or how like great they were or whatever. Or Or you just think they're great for your friend too. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I think that's totally something Phoebe could meet somebody once and just be like, oh, I miss that person. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, true. that's totally, totally Yeah, that's a Phoebe thing to say. And also, like, just because they hung out all the time and then again, combine that with them not hanging out with her and not knowing them anymore. 
at once they break up. Carol saying something like that to Joey of like, you know, I don't know you that well. Like, just because you hung out in the same friend group doesn't mean Carol felt the same attachment to those friends as they all felt towards each other and or her. Like, she mm-hmm. may have never necessarily re- reciprocated those feelings. That's true. That's very true. Good points. I like that. Because I was just like, it's on my mind. I wonder how that went down. And other- I think. Oh Yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. I just want to say more importantly, can we talk about the fact that the actress who plays Carol changes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how we feel about that. I personally do not like this Carol. I'm actually glad that they changed her because I think the actress, I feel so horrible for not knowing either of these actresses' names. Or I got it right here. So Carol <laughs> was first played by Anita Barone. And then okay. it's Jane Sibbett is the Carol we we know. Yeah, so I think well, Jane Susan was always the same. Jane just does a much better job. Like I like her Carol, and I think it's her. also like bias. She's Carol for all intents sure. and purposes. Yes, yeah. you know. So like we have one episode of this other actress compared to all of Carol's episodes as, yeah, as her, you know, true. so I think that's why it felt weird. Cause now when I rewatch it, I'm like, well, this isn't Carol because yeah, you know, Carol is who she becomes to be. I kind of wonder why it happened, but I assume that like when you don't know your show gets picked up, like some actors or actresses get taken and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and that like takes priority or something. It could have been a single episode contract and then that actress or either either the actress or the producers decided they didn't want to continue and so Mm -hmm. then the next time whereas like the actress that played susan decided like yeah i will continue and sign like a season-long contract or Mm -hmm. however many episodes that she promised to play yeah i think it's definitely more some kind of like logistical thing yeah It has to be. And like the what Darlene's point in bringing up, like that was like a huge thing that they were talking in the commentary about the pilot. They had someone else, but not for Carol's, but like just talking about the whole casting issue, just getting the Mm -hmm. six of them. The way contracts work, there's someone else's, you know, under contract. So they can technically be in the pilot, but if their con their other show gets picked up, then they are technically contracted to that show. So they have mm-hmm. to leave, even though like the yeah. show might be the one they actually want to do. Oh yeah, I'm pretty That's sure great. that the um, Anita person uh, would have rather been on Friends, <laughs> knowing what she knows now. But at the time, you don't know any of that. So, yeah, you, know. you don't. Another thing I would say, and obviously I feel like because we're reading way more into this than probably the producers ever like thought about at the time, is that the Susan that we know, how much she looks like Rachel versus the one that is played in this car- in this uh, episode. And I think that that like goes into like Ross's psyche and that like he was still looking for a Rachel like even oh you mean how much carol way. looks like the first carol looks like rachel did i say susan again yeah mm-hmm. that oh happens my God. all the time i, I think we all do <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry mm-hmm. i meant carol how much is this carol yeah, yeah it's more like, she's a brunette rachel. as opposed to yes. a blonde and a yeah. short blonde short yeah. blondes you yeah. know like very she looks a, a lot you know younger like oh mm-hmm. the world but it makes sense that carol the newer carol is like more mature and like 
acts more strong because like at that point, you know, she's almost 30. Like, you know, you would expect her to act differently. She kind of carries herself a little different, not like her looks or anything, just like the the way she acts as Carol is a lot different. All right. Well, any closing thoughts before I do our question? Um, I can't wait to get to um, season three. I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hey, hey, there's something nice about being forced to rewatch these first seasons. Forced? Wow, you guys <laughs> oh, are coming forced. with But no, I was surprised. Words. I feel like I was very surprised how much I liked these, uh, the second episode as opposed to like the pilot. It was like a much more enjoyable experience. So I'm like, I probably will enjoy the rest of season one. I think I just haven't watched it in a long time. Because I have like my favorite episodes, and so I'm prone to just like start when those but are. Will coming you up. enjoy them more because it has been so long? So like probably differently than the ones that you watch all the time. That's yeah, I think, I think it is personally. I think it's a lot of the fact that I haven't watched them in a while, and that's why they're more enjoyable. Um, mm, it's like they're new again. It kind of feels like they're new again because I feel like I was laughing. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that like specific yeah. lines, like the doy line that I had as my favorite. I forgot that that happened. Like, it took a lot of doys. So, you know, I feel yeah, like I my memorization is from like season three onward. <laughs> I just I really well, I guess I will just be forever that person who likes the beginning seasons of Friends. But that, I mean, I think that makes it like a nice mixture of us coming together and, you know, talking about it because everyone resonates with like a different part of it and a different time, different seasons, different episodes, you know. There's going to be some episodes where people aren't like 100% and like, or like that entertainment tonight magazine when me and Darlene were younger. We got it and it like ranked like some of the friends episodes. Like it ranked like Mm -hmm. what, like 50 episodes with different stars. And the one with the embryos was like five stars. And then like that's all I can remember from that. But it's just like I think that's all like everyone's opinions. Like everyone gives a different season, different episodes, like different stars. Yeah, like you have different ones and me and Kristen have the same because we're right. Oh my god. (laughs) How long were you holding that in? You're just staring at me. You're like, I can't wait to just say how wrong she is. There are people who agree with me. And I know they're out there. And I know they're listening. Frankie, tweet at me that I'm right. (laughs) I'll make Frankie and Lizzie on my side. Frankie is my brother. Lizzie is his girlfriend. Social media savvy one. So for all we know, you'll create like fake. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'm gonna watch out for that bot that says Tina is right. The it's fake. There's gonna be multiple bots that say I'm right. So hello, welcome to my world. I'm gonna be right via the internet. Now we're going to go into our trivia question. We're going to end every podcast episode with a trivia question. And this is from an old friends game that we got in like 2000 something. It's just like this game that you cross into different apartments. It's a blue tin if you ever it's had trivia, it. It's trivia pursuit, Tina. Trivia. Oh, I didn't know that was friends. a thing. P- trivia pursuit? 
Mm-hmm. I'm it's pretty like sure. A game. No, yeah, it's a it, trivia it, themed one. No, it's Isn't not. It a, it's not Trivia Pursuit because you go oh. board. Oh yeah, we have the Star Wars Trivia Pursuit one, huh? That shit's hard. Oh my gosh, Kristen, <laughs> Kristen, you should try no. that. It's okay, really hard. So this but is I just also... a generic friends trivia one, huh? Yeah. That's why I also have why I think it's easy. <laughs> two Star Wars trivia games, and one of them I like do really well at, and the other one asks very obscure questions. Oh, like, that's totally what the trivia pursuit one. I'm is. just like, like how tall is Han Solo? Who knows that? Like, yeah, this one will ask about like the actors and act- actor actresses. It will ask like the real world, world, real world part of like Star Wars too, which I'm like, I don't know in these people's names. Yeah, like who was the producer of music in the episode oh, five? The the like, it's just like a lot. Um. Anyway. anyway. generic friends trivia game generic friends trivia game so if you had it you know it you've seen it you know what we're talking about you could google it i'll leave it on our instagram so you know okay question number two frankie picks them frankie is mandarlene's younger brother he gives them to me i put them in the back of my journal i don't look at it until we're time for ready for questions so he said number two so i'm gonna and say the question and then we're all gonna answer it all right and also he picks ones that he thinks are really hard i will like to emphasize there's like four <laughs> questions per card and he tries to pick the hardest one and they have not been hard like uh this is also because he's never watched friends so yeah. he doesn't actually know which ones are hard okay so number two where does mr geller want to be buried Ooh. Holy moly! I don't. I, have, think I, know I don't, don't think I know this one either. After we were just like talking about once, where does Mister Kelly want to be buried? At sea. <gasps> oh, I think that I might think be so. It. Like sprinkle his ashes. I think that's it. His ashes. <laughs> his ashes. <laughs> All of the asses. ashes. <laughs> I yeah. think that's right. That's, I have no idea. Mind. That's my. We'll that would see. be my best guess. I have no. I can't Let's remember. See. I don't. I don't even know. What I couldn't tell you what it's from. It's probably the episode where uh, Monica's. Uh, what? No, where his? No, where Monica's mom's mom died. Nana. When Nana, Nana died. dies. Yeah, I, I feel like it's in that episode. But okay, I'm gonna reveal the answer. We have no idea. So you at home, if you know, scream it now. And tell us how dumb we are. Okay. <laughs> At C. Okay, we were right. <laughs> but we had to know. Of us got it. That was just kind of like a guess. I don't think it's like the one with the embryos where Joey says, "What's Nana's real name?" Althea. You're going with Althea. Althea is correct. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That was a, that was a nice shot there. Yeah. I had I no tried. idea. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of My Best Friend and My Sister. We hope that you tune in for our next podcast. So stick around and you can find us on social media. So outro Tina is going to give you more info about that.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of My Best Friend and My Sister. We want to hear your thoughts on our episode discussion. Talk to us on our socials. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. It's My Best Friend and My Sister on both platforms. That's My Best Friend and My Sister on both platforms. Leave us a tweet or a comment. We want to hear from you. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can know when we put out a new episode. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.